0: Welcome to the Northside Podcast, created to help you discover real life. You can tune in each week on Facebook or Church Online to watch live, or you can listen throughout the week on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Afternoon, Northside. It's so good to see you and everybody else who may be joining in. Really great to have you join us again today on our podcast. I got with me Mike Morley. Hello, everybody.
1: Thank you for watching.
0: Glad to have you back. Hope you had a good vacation. I did. That's good. What'd Got you do? some
1: rest. 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 I didn't do a whole lot. Hung out at the lake.
0: Is there ain't anything else to do, is there?
1: Uh, no, not right now.
0: Can't really go do anything, so rest is a good thing, though. We need that kind of rest. Hey, man, we, we started back today, and mm-hmm. what a great morning I thought we had. First time we've gotten back together sort of in an open forum to open the doors up and say we're ready to start the process of regathering. So for our 8 o'clock service, we had some people come in and... How was that for you, Mike?
1: It felt good to have people come in. We, you know, social distance, but we could see each other, mm-hmm. talk to each other. And there was probably about 100, 150 or so in the worship. And uh, to have them there engaged, uh, it just felt like being at home again. <laughs> it did.
0: I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it coming back. And I want to see us fill up. We had... Had an opportunity to test out and see how we were doing. How much room did we have? We have more room. So we encourage you to sign up online. Get your tickets for next week. We certainly want to do that. Uh, some of ask.
1: It, op- it opens up tomorrow morning. It opens up tomorrow 9 morning at 9
0: o'clock. And so get your tickets. They're free, obviously. We just have to have it for account and to make sure that we know who's here mm-hmm. so that we can send you emails if necessary. That's really what that's all about. It's a contact tracing which we're kind of required to do. So thank you for helping us out yes. with that. And I hope that you'll come and fill up the eight o'clock so that we can go ahead and start the process of opening up our 11 o'clock service, which we plan on doing mm-hmm. in October. So you keep joining in there with us. And if you're a, a volunteer here, we need you. Yes, we really do. One of the things that we've have always known, but now it is it's becoming more real. We can only do as much as we have volunteers to help out to do because we just need yeah. it. And so. I want to thank
1: the, all the service teams this morning, from the worship to guest services. Our uh, parking crew did a great job. And so not only guest services will be vital to need more help, when, especially when we move to mm-hmm. two services, as well as uh, online uh, host. So when we make that move, we're going to need people to talk to people online because that process is still going to be going on. Yeah,
0: and we need them now uh, so that they can go ahead and start training up so that it's not just dropped in there. So if you'd like to be an online host, please let Mike know because he would love to be able to have you on there. Well, listen, tonight as we move into this podcast, this sort of makes a transition a little bit for what we're trying to accomplish here. And one of the things that we wanted to do was to, first of all, recognize that there were so many new things that we found out during this pandemic that were available to us and that were very profitable Mm. but we had not previously been doing this podcast is one of those things and it's not a personal podcast for me it's a podcast from our church we have the opportunity to use it to inform you when things are necessary to keep you informed but we also have the opportunity to use it in a discipleship manner because one of the things we've also recognized is oftentimes when we do discipleship somebody can't make it out here. Right. Or they can't make it out here on that particular time of the day. And so what we want to do is start moving this a little bit more towards taking some opportunities to share some of the things that we feel as a church that we are gifted to do, responsible to do, and really desire to do to reach out. Whether you're watching us live or you're watching us afterwards, we think it's a great venue to be able to reach out to our community and to our church. And so that's what we want to do tonight. But before we... Uh, Turn to the topic of discussion that we're dealing with tonight. I think it's important to recognize that we are in a what I would consider the most challenging environment that I've ever lived in, and I think that it's challenging because it's it's a depressive feeling time. Everybody I talk to, people are very uneasy and unsure. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We, we certainly don't want to hurt anybody, and we want to do, do things that are positive, but we don't exactly know how to do that right. sometimes. That's true. And you have to be really careful with your speech. It can be easily misconstrued. I know that uh, many things that I say, whenever I think that I'm saying them, I think that I'm saying exactly what I'm meaning, but somebody else hears it differently. And so, you know, those are always challenges. So tonight, as we... I th- I th- I think I had that problem before, before this ever well came about. <laughs> I think it's just more. It, but it is more prevalent. It has a greater impact now. Yes. And yeah. generally it's negative. Right. It, it, where, where we used to pick a little bit, yeah, they got to be careful about mm-hmm. that now because even picking somebody might take it as, as being mean speech or hate speech right. or something. And certainly we don't want to do that. But at the same time, we don't want to shut the ministry down either. We've to drive the ministry right. forward. So as I look to the future of what we're doing here as the church, there are so many things that I feel like that we have really to offer to all of those, all of you who are watching. We, part of our our vision, which we'll talk about next week has things in it like marriage, like parenting, like finances, your health, your fitness, your occupation, your spiritual life. There's so many things in there that, always for me it's how do you get this out and how can we put it out there as quickly as possible doing it very well as broad as can be operated how do we do that right and I think that this is one of those platforms that allows us to do that because it is archived you have access to it pretty much anytime that you want to you can listen to it in your car if you just want to listen to the audio you can watch it on your phone or your computer or iPad or something so it's a great venue and uh, in a couple of weeks, not not next week, but the week after, I really wanna start talking about parenting. I'm gonna do a parenting series of messages on here, and I think it'd be greatly helpful to any person who's really just looking for some, not touch-ups, but looking for foundational, mm-hmm. grassroots teaching on parenting that I think would really help today, especially with our kids at home, and our parents away Fans. at work, and school, and all the things that are going on. But there are some things that Probably have to be addressed before we go there. Yes. Like you know? what what we believe. Yeah, I think a perspective is important. Yes. It, it, when, you're, when you're talking to somebody, I don't know if this is you or not. I'm going to raise that up a little bit. I don't. Hang on. <laughs> I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes you get into a com- conversation and you, you back off. It's like, I don't know what they think about that, and I don't know if I want to engage in that conversation. Step into the order. <laughs> so, because you don't know where a person right. stands. So what we want to do tonight, and we're going to try to do this as briefly as possible, but what we want to do tonight is, is really, tonight I want to talk about our values that we operate by here at the church. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. There are many, many values that we hold dear, but there are some basic values here that can help you understand why we approach things the way we approach things. Even in the context of whether it's the sermons or whether it's the worship or whether it's our discipleship or Sunday schools or teaching, there is a reason that we go in the angles and the directions that we do and take the stands that we take. They all are drawn from the Word of God, but tonight we just want to go over them in, in brief. Right, And then if you have questions, we certainly want to answer any of your questions, But I, but I want to make sure that you hear. And I've tried to put these in really short little sayings so that it's easy for somebody to understand. And,
1: and there's only eight at, like you said, it's not exhaustive, but there's only eight that we have to, to cover tonight.
0: Yeah. Why don't you read out just the two words for all eight and then we'll come back and hit them. So the, the two, first one, our message, Yep, we have, we have values that deal with our message that we want to send from the church.
1: Then number two, our witness. Mm-hmm. Number three, our government.
0: That's Num- an important one.
1: Yes. Number four, our leadership. Number uh, five is our pace. Six is our discipleship. Seven is our strategy. And then eight is important, and that mm-hmm. is your part. Yeah. A lot of times um, people don't feel like, especially in the family of God, that they have a part, and actually they really do. They're vital they to are. that.
0: And I want to say that that I have, uh, along with our staff, we've sat down and we've developed these, but I need to make this caveat tonight. I've shared with you from the platform that God has really been working mm. in me and through me and dealing with this one large, large subject matter called the kingdom of God. That is in our, our values already But he has so expanded that, and we have these on our website. But there will be some edits to these because as God continues to expand, I need to give a little bit more clarity. But tonight, I just want to put these out there, okay? So without any further ado, did you want to Uh, say something? Yeah,
1: just on, you mentioned a website, so if you'll go to northside.church backslash values, or you can go to the tab uh, that says About, and you can find those
0: core values there. So just just in case. Yeah, so everything we're sharing with you tonight, you can get it on the web. Uh, We wanted to take the time to share them with you personally before. So if I was doing a parenting series, which I'll start in a couple of weeks, then you might say, well, why do you approach parenting this way? For example, it might be, well, I don't think that a a child should, if we were going into the actual practical side of parenting, I don't think a child should be disciplined physically. Mm. And then now, that's a question that might come my way to which I would say, I believe that there is an appropriate time that that should happen. And certainly there's an appropriate way that that should happen. And we need to go to the scriptures to find out exactly what that is. So where one person might come from the angle of, well, I follow Dr. Spock, right. Could be that way. Another person can say, well, I, I follow Dr. James Dobson. Or another person might say they follow somebody else or a traditional way of doing things. And I would say, well, I, we want here to understand that we operate to the best of our ability and our knowledge from what the Bible teaches on that, and so this is why we would take that angle and why we may or may disagree with you or may agree with you. It's going to come from that angle. So we want you to know where those angles come from right and, and it, it really does color everything about the way that we see.
1: and it helps it helps you guys recognize where we're coming from, where we stand. And it's not that we make something up, it's, it's drawn from the Word mm-hmm. of God. And this is how we make decisions, or like you said, make those directional uh, terms.
0: Yep. So let's jump in. The first one, our message. When you consider, and I, and I want to ex- just stretch that a little bit, I want to say our messaging. It's not just the message that we're going to share from the platform, but the messaging that comes from Northside is a message of the good news of the kingdom of God. And this was written before I started doing these messages. But it really is that we want you to know that there is good news in every situation, in every age, every day, there's good news. And it's the good news of the kingdom of God. That doorway into the kingdom really addresses how we get in, and that's through Jesus Christ, through our salvation, and uh, through baptism. Baptism doesn't let you into salvation, but it does open the door into the kingdom. And we want you to know that everything that we do is going to come through the lens of the good news mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God. And it is incredible, incredible news. Now, there's good news, but if there's good news, there's also bad news on the other side. Right. <laughs> What's the bad news, point? <laughs> bad news on the other end of that. It's always two sides to the coin. There is two sides to the coin, for sure. So, you know, to tell you that you can be saved, live life eternally with God, means that there's another end of that that... If you don't get saved, you will live eternally separated from God. And where we live in heaven for a time and then back here whenever the earth is redone, that's awesome. That'll be eternal. But if not, you'll end up in the lake of fire, ultimately, is the final resting place or final holding place for all people that are not saved. So there's bad news. And and here's the thing I always want you to know. Today, we live in a world that we always want to hear the good news, and so do I. But we have to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. We have to be straightforward and tell you the truth. And the truth is not always palatable. It's not always fun to hear. But I feel like it's an extreme responsibility that we have to make sure that our message is always good news, the good news of the gospel. But within that has to be included some of that bad news.
1: I, I don't know about you. You got saved in 89. I did. I got saved in 89. You were in February?
0: February 28th.
1: Mine was August the 24th. Now, the person who came and shared the good news, okay, shared about how I could have eternal life, how we could have heaven, how we could have hope, but he also had to share the other side first, and that's what uh, I guess the spirit moved in me was the fact that, man, if I die without Christ, I'm going to spend eternity (laughs) separated from him. Yeah, In the place the Bible describes as hell and then ultimately the lake of fire. But when he shared the good news, but this yeah. is eternal life, yeah. that was good news. And, and I finally accepted who I was, that I was born into sin and I needed a Savior. And I asked Jesus to come in my heart. And so that was great news. And the good news is it's don't stop there because we can continue on. Yeah, and I want
0: to make sure that we say, because I want to qualify this, it's the good news of the kingdom. Right. I shared that this morning. The kingdom of God is the answer to everything. And I'm only really just now starting to grasp that in a greater measure. It's going to take me a year to deliver this. I'm telling you, it really is. The more I get into it and I think about the... Thirty to forty minutes at a time I get on a Sunday morning. It's gonna take me a year to do well, this for I, sure.
1: I went back in my mind if if people recall, I, I guess it's probably nineteen, eighteen years ago now, when you preached through the book of Romans yeah. the the very first five message years or something that like that. Very first message was Paul. Paul. He preached on just Paul, and so I feel like that would be the same thing if we're really going to grasp the totality of I think the so. kingdom of God. It
0: is, is going to be a very uh, meticulous study of the kingdom of God because of the benefit, not just the knowledge, the benefit that we're going to gain, and I believe it's going to change us in a great and a mighty mm-hmm. way. So that's our message, is the good news of the gospel. So anytime that you... So when I, when the things come from the news, whether it's whether it's political or it's social justice Or it is a pandemic, or something like that. I still believe that the message from this church needs to be the good news of the kingdom of God. That regardless of all the bad stuff that's going on, we have the privilege and the opportunity, through the midst of all the bad, to be the people with the to be the carriers and the messengers of the good news for Christ.
1: And which leads into your second, our second core value of a witness.
0: Yeah. So our identity. Right. Who do we see ourselves to be? I do not see us as Northside Church. That's not our identity. That's the name on the front of our church. Mm-hmm. We are located at 2501 North College Road when we choose to gather. The, the church is obviously, a, our gathering place is 2501 North College Road, but we ourselves are a number of different things. And, and, and listen to this one. First and foremost, we're God's children. Now, listen to this. There is a lot of teaching in the scripture Paul constantly identifies himself as a bond servant of Jesus Christ. But I want you to know this, that in the kingdom of God, there are no servants. That's going to mess with somebody. There are no servants. There are no slaves. The only thing that is in God's kingdom are sons and daughters. Now, the sons and daughters serve. Right. They serve ways that a typical servant would never serve. But it is because of their relationship as sons and daughters of the king.
1: They want to. They desire.
0: And so first and foremost, we are children of the king beyond question. But we are also ambassadors for our king. And an ambassador, if you really understand, most people understand an ambassador, it is a person that is carrying, that is a citizen of a a country or a nation or a kingdom, and they're going to a place that is not presently that kingdom, but they carry the kingdom with them. And literally, we are ambassadors from heaven that are bringing the kingdom of heaven down here into this world and expanding into this world. So God called us to be an ambassador so we always feel like that, that our ministry is far beyond the walls of this church. Yes. Now, this is the place of transformation, but that is the place of influence out there. And we as ambassadors are supposed to go out there and represent the kingdom and the king when we go out there. So that's really important.
1: Well, it's funny that you, you mentioned that. Just something hit me on vacation. Um, you know, Brandy's birthday is coming up at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. But she needed, you know, we have, now we don't have birthdays. We have, like, birthday weeks, birthday months. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I so, do. So um, Brandy was like, well, my birthday's coming up, so I really would like a fire pit. So I was going to go to Lowe's and get one of those with the stones mm-hmm. and do it, but we found this uh, cowboy um, fire pit, so I got that.
0: Okay. Well, while I was looking. I don't know at, what that is. Well,
1: it's, it's a fire pit, then it has an arm that you can put charcoal under and then cook on top of it. Oh, yeah. Put a little so, kettle on there. Yeah, that's It's cool. Anyway, I'm looking at this thing, and this couple comes up, uh, and we're in Clinton, North Carolina, and I don't know them from Adam. And uh, so I was like, yeah, he said he only has two left. We're getting this one, and, you know, you might want to go ahead and get it. Well, we go out and pay in the other way, and I'm loading it in the truck with the help of the employee from Lowe's, and this couple's coming by, and they done bought that last one. I said, yep, you done got it. He said, yep. So we I said, Well, hold on, I'll help you load it. And then uh of course the guy asked me, says, Well, what do you do? I said, Well, I'm I'm a staff person at Northside Church in Wilmington. And uh he said, Baptist, Pentecostal? So I said, Well, I don't think it really matters. It's is whether you're a Christian, you've asked Christ and they're mm-hmm. like, Yeah, we both agree with that. Both of them ended up having cancer mm-hmm. at some point, but the whole point that that was a ambassador i was in clinton north carolina yeah and i was there and met this couple that i had the opportunity just to make sure they're saved and encourage them and and move on so that was just an illustration to that's what it
0: is (laughs) and and not only that uh we are also stewards Hmm. one of the great teachings of the kingdom and again all of this is through the lens of the kingdom uh in a kingdom i don't know if you guys are aware of this or not think about uh, england think about the queen i don't know if you're aware but the queen owns everything Yep, like everything. There's actually no such thing as personal property in a kingdom. Mm. The king owns it all. He always owns it all. They can hand it over to you for a possession for a while, but you actually have no ownership Mm. in a kingdom. What you have is stewardship. You've been given something and you get to keep it while you're here. And you're responsible for it and you're responsible for the purposes behind it and it's called a stewardship and that's what God has called us to do so we recognize that we are the children of God we are ambassadors for God and we are stewards of Mm -hmm. God's stuff so we always recognize that that is why one of the reasons that Northside has always been so open-handed with all the properties around here because it doesn't belong to us Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It belongs to God. And we get to decide each week, hey, God, how do you want us to use your stuff in a manner that brings you the greatest amount of glory? And that's what we always try to do. So our identity is, is wrapped up in that. We're God's children. We're God's ambassadors. We are God's stewards. And we try to be really faithful to that. So we look through that lens. Number three. Our government. No, it's our witness, isn't it? Not. Yeah. Yes. Our My witness. Plus. Is
1: it not? Can you switch ours? it up? No, no, see. You added. Uh, you added that one what in. What in the world? The, uh, kingdom of God. No, that's
0: not new, man. No? That's not, That's not new. Okay. no. I think Joe edited that out. <laughs> <laughs> Joe stuff. We'll blame
1: him anyway, right?
0: Uh, well, I tell you, yeah. our witness. What do we want our witness to be? And when, I, when we say that, when somebody comes and they look at who we are, what do I want them to see from us? Mm-hmm. Our witness should be that we are living in hope. Sure. It's one of the great challenges of right now, and and what I see is it's, it's such a hopeless feeling moment, and yet God wrote about this moment, and there is hope. There is huge hope in this, and I want to make sure that people recognize that even when you feel weighted down of the various challenges that you're facing every single day, there is always, always, always hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope in his kingdom that we always have something that we can do, My greater challenge in recent days was when I felt like I didn't have any answers left. Mm. And so it really drove me to God to say, look, uh, I don't want something written down on a piece of paper that we say, but that we don't do. I need a message that you have for our church and you have for this world that is a message of hope. And he gave it to me. So I'm I'm very encouraged by that. And we're grateful for that. (laughs) We are living (laughs) in hope. How about our government?
1: The kingdom of God.
0: The government is the kingdom of God. I
1: figured we sat down on that one for a little bit since that's in your wheelhouse. We we can
0: definitely sit down on that. I think that, you know, some of the challenges of recognizing this, and and please hear me, if there's anybody in the entire world that is handicapped in this, and I think why we have such a hard time with it, is the United States is belligerent to a kingdom. Mm -hmm. In fact, what we did was the way that the United States was created was by a rebellion to the kingdom of Great Britain and it was actually a kingdom. So we don't think in a kingdom manner, we think in a democratic manner. Right. And because we do, it has created great injury and controversy to the kingdom of God and to the church. So we, we think about things through our governmental system, which is a democracy, it's a representative republic, but what that means is that we have we are fearful I think that our government in a, in the United States immediately drives us to fear. Mm. So if you just think about our current election, everybody's afraid who's going to go in the White House and things like that. So our for, our framers of our Constitution said, well, we're not going to invest power into one single person. Right. We've got to make sure that doesn't happen. And so we're going to have three parts of government and we're going to make sure that there's checks and balances, but we don't invest power into any one of the three mm. parts. We'll break it up into three pieces, and it takes all three pieces to go together as a way of protecting this possibility, and they were reacting to the king. Right. We want to protect and never, never, never have a king, and I really think that that affects our ability to recognize Jesus as our king and understand what that
1: means. I never never looked at it that way. But that's exactly what's happening.
0: And the challenge is that in, in all the attempts that mankind has made, to try to find a government to return back to what we had in the garden, we've worked through a variety of things and ultimately a democracy has been the, the best mm-hmm. thing that's out there. America's definitely proven that, but even this democracy has its challenges. And probably the number one challenge of a democracy is the majority vote. Right, And that is simply because uh, it works fine when the majority's thinking right, but if the majority is thinking wrong, then we can still go the wrong way and there's nothing to hold that yes. within the kingdom of God. And I said it this morning. I said it. God says, seek first my kingdom and righteousness. his righteousness. It is his righteousness that holds the kingdom where it's mm-hmm. supposed to be. So when we look at the government, this can create some challenges. And if you ever wonder, how do you guys approach government at Northside? There's a variety of ways of looking at Do we have an elder board? Right. Do we have a deacon board? Do we have uh, some kind of governmental standards or something like that? You know, some committee committees or or all those types of things. And it's like, no, it's a pastor led church. And um, that carries an incredible amount of weight. To try to make those things right, but why is it a pastor-led church? Is it because I'm a dictator, or I don't want anybody telling me what to do? I have plenty of information coming my way. Right. It is because that is how God set it up in His kingdom. That's his in His right. kingdom. That's how He set it up, and I don't have the right to change what He said. In a kingdom, I want you to think about this. In a kingdom, when the king says something, it was done. It's been said. You don't argue with the king. In a democracy, the President can say something, the Congress can say something the the Supreme Court can say something, every one of us have decided we're not going to agree with anything mm-hmm. anybody says and we've we've gotten to f- to live that way, and it literally has has just disemboweled right the church because there's no power because there's no unity it's like there's all these different uh, ideas and stuff like that
1: well, I mean for you and probably me too coming. Out of darkness into light, into the kingdom of God. Coming into uh, church, uh, they had business meetings. Yeah, and everybody got to you got to vote. And now it's it's clear that not bad or indifferent, but there 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 shouldn't have been a vote. We should not have brought man's uh, democracy up into God's kingdom. And and the righteous
0: it. the righteousness that God talks about is found in this book. Right. That's what holds us in check. It's like the Constitution of the United States that here's what the Constitution says so that always holds us in check. Presidents come, presidents go, congressmen come and go and but the Constitution always mm-hmm. stays there. In a kingdom it's different. Uh the king is the one invested with the power and he this is this is his word, not his constitution. Yes. It is his word. And, and it's not changing and so we have to follow that. It's not Two thousand years old, so it's out of date. It's never out of date. The Bible says the Word of God is living. That means it's not a dead language. It's not a dead system. It's not something that happened two thousand years ago. It keeps pace with the time. It always keeps pace with the time. So we we have that Constitution, which is the Word of God under God's kingdom. I'll expand that. Oh my goodness, <laughs> we'll ever expand that. But it's important to recognize that the government system that we have here is a kingdom government, and I am not the king. Right. That's really important to understand. Mm -hmm. I am not the king. I am a child of God. I am a steward of God. (laughs) You know, I am an ambassador of God. And I have a responsibility within the kingdom, but I am not the king. Mm. I don't get to decide. God does. And it's my job to dig into this book to find out, and through prayer to find out. What is the king right? You know? Well,
1: we say that in Philippians 3, you know, we're not citizens of here, but we're citizens mm -hmm. of heaven or the kingdom of God. And so we say that, but yet we don't
0: sometimes live under that. I don't think (laughs) that we understand the power of citizenship. Right. I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to tell you. The greatest gift that a kingdom offers to anybody is citizenship Mm. that is the highest gift that any kingdom or any country can offer to anybody is citizenship and we just talk about it like it's kind of off the cuff right but consider if you think about the apostle paul the fact that he was a citizen of rome was very advantageous to him and all the things mm-hmm. that he did. And he was able to go back and lean on that. But for people that are not part of the United States of America, but when they come over, one of the greatest days in their life is whenever they are naturalized into this country legally and they become legal U.S. citizens. It's a big, big day because all of a sudden, not only do they get to take advantage of all that happens within the kingdom or within the United States, but they are also afforded the entire protection and wealth and benefits that come along with being an American citizen. So if if they were on a foreign land and they were trapped or something, America would move all of its resources to Mm -hmm. go back and get one of our citizens. And I want you to consider being a citizen of the kingdom of God, that God will move heaven and earth on your behalf when you choose to become a citizen of his kingdom. It's a huge, huge, powerful thing. You have to make
1: him king. First and foremost, well, he is the king. <laughs> well,
0: you have to submit right. to him as king, and not it's not a I'll submit today and not tomorrow. Right now, it's no, coming it's... in, and you're 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 going to be the king. So uh, our government is a kingdom structure, and just remember, ain't no kings in here <laughs> not not in the not in this. We are kings in God's kingdom, but uh, God's kingdom is the one that over is all on. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of yes. Lords, and there's a reason He says it that way. Again, I will. <laughs> I will spend the message we're on that looking one. Forward to I that. promise, I will. So yeah. let's talk then. If we if we have a kingdom,
1: the, and if, that's
0: our government, what what is our leadership? Yeah, which what, is the next thing in place?
1: Right. We're equippers. Yep. We don't rule over anybody. We don't tell you what to do. But if you're willing to be part of this kingdom, we're here to equip you to have a transformational life in the kingdom.
0: Right, and and I, I shared this morning, where is the kingdom? Where is it? Where, it's everywhere. It's in you, but it's everywhere. God wants preeminence in everything, everywhere. This is probably so it's gonna... it's not just at church? It's not just at church. <laughs> I will tell you this, probably one of the most transformational truths that we have to embrace as a church is that we are equipers in the church for the world right. out there.
1: Not for the church.
0: <laughs> most of the church equipping is for church work. It would equip you to be an usher, a deacon, a, a guest services, a, a, a greeter. and, all, and I'm not, Those are all important things. Those, those deal with the work of the church, and they are so vital and so important and so needful. But in our equipping ministry, which is where I feel like that I've probably neglected the most and been the most anemic, is equipping you out there. So if let's say that the, the world's finances I
1: say that comes with the, the nine things. It does. Uh,
0: the world, all the things that we have that we'll talk about next week, right. like take the world's finances. Do you think that God wants to have preeminence in the world's finances? Yes. Well, of course he does. Well, how does that happen? It happens whenever the church, the kingdom-minded church that understands that we are in God's kingdom, but we are not God's kingdom. We are in it, and it's all around. And he's asked us to go out there and spread things. So we're here to equip the banker. Mm-hmm. We're here to equip uh, the people that are just doing their regular budgets. We're here to equip the uh, the people that run the the U.S. Treasury Department. We're here to equip them to operate financially according to God's kingdom finances and to spread that out there in the world. What's What I think is probably one of the areas that we have needed, the greatest expansion is to recognize that, God intends for us to do everything out there. Right. And in here is where we equip them to do it.
1: Take it there.
0: Take it out there. So there will be a variety of things we will open up that we have never done before. And the reason that we will is because we have come to understand that within this kingdom understanding, our leadership is to be equippers. We're here to try to help you figure out how to do the things and equip you and give you skill sets and understanding and knowledge to do the things out there in the world so that you help to extend and to expand the kingdom of God. That's a, that's a tall order, a tall order.
1: I was just running through my mind about a, a statement I made years ago uh, when I was working at Corny Incorporated. I remember praying and thanking God for uh, – my part-time job where I could do my full-time job. Hmm. And I was saying Corning was my part-time job so I could continue to carry his kingdom to wherever I went was my full-time job, whether it was at Corning
0: or or wherever it was at. You know what I think most people don't get though is like both you and I were called to the ministry. And as a result, when we say called to the ministry, what we mean is the ministry of the church. Right. But that has been sort of limited to think that, Oh, we're called to the ministry, but nobody else is. Right. And, they are. <laughs> and, and, and the truth of the matter is that I happen to be called to ministry in the church. Everybody is called to ministry, everybody, wherever you happen to be. Mm-hmm. So try to imagine for just a moment, if this will help you understand a little bit better. If we were to understand the kingdom of God a little bit more, here's one of the things about the kingdom of God, it's upside down. And I will spend a lot of time on that one too, but it's upside down, meaning that God took the things that our base in the world and he elevated them to priority mm-hmm. in the world and he took the things that were prioritized in the world and he put them down to the basis level so if you took a person that was extremely wealthy and had all kinds of wealth then God would say well that's awesome and we, we want them to do that but that's really down here on the bottom end so whenever some of Jesus disciples came to him and they were saying yeah, who's the greatest, greatest in the kingdom and they were trying to climb this ladder of greatness to which Jesus said hey listen uh, I want you to understand that outside in the world with the Gentiles and the nations out there, when they have authority, they use that authority to lord over people, to control people, to press people, to uh, dictate over people. And he said this one major phrase: mm-hmm. He said, Let it not be said of you. Let it not be said of you. He says, If you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you're going to be the greatest servant in the kingdom. So he flipped it upside Mm -hmm. down that climbing the ladder in the kingdom is actually descending the ladder in the world. So what ends up happening is try to imagine wherever you happen to work, if your boss is sitting up in a a high place, which he should be, I understand that in the world system, and he's dictating to you all these things. But what would happen if that boss, that leader came into the kingdom of God? He was saved. Mm. He or she was saved. They followed through they began to engage themselves in discipleship and we as equippers took that person Started to help them understand the value of the kingdom the values of the kingdom the culture of the kingdom all the stuff That is in there and they embraced it and they recognized. Oh my goodness I have been a dictator as opposed Mm -hmm. to a servant to my people You go to work one day and and the boss that you always see behind the two-way mirror that you never really see his face But you feel like he's looking at you all of a sudden. He's down on the floor And he's over there beside you and saying, do you have everything that you need? Is there anything I can help Mm. you with? Tell me about what's going on down here. How can we improve this? I really want to hear from you. And then all of a sudden, they begin to serve their employees. Got a better company. I mean, Could you imagine what that would happen when the church chooses to equip in the kingdom that goes out there and begins to expand it? Because could you imagine what that would look Mm. like? That would be just amazing. And that's only one small sampling of what could really happen. And that's a, a change in the way the church is going to have to perceive what it is that we're going after. So we could spend all night yes. long on
1: that. <laughs> we're just trying to introduce them. Yep. And it's important. Why do you, why do you feel like it's important that uh, people viewing this podcast and, and even considering about being part of the family of Northside understand our, our values?
0: I think that it's really important to understand our values so that you can understand us mm-hmm. and that you can understand why we do what we do. That there's not, we're not just plucking stuff right. out of the air that it starts to make sense. And it's within a context that makes sense yes. that really, really does make sense. And, and for example, I I don't know if you know this right now, but I'm in a lot of trouble right now. I'm a pastor. I'm preaching. I'm saying things that are hard for people to hear. And so I'm in a ton of trouble. I've had many people to be happy with me, many to be mad with me. Some have told me they're not coming back anymore mm-hmm. and 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 I understand all those things. I don't hold anything against anybody. But there's a reason that I have taken the stand that I've taken. Right. For example, in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, there are sons and there are daughters. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. There are sons and there are daughters. There are not old sons and young sons. There are sons and there are daughters. There are not uh, high-ranking sons and low-ranking daughters. There are sons and there are daughters. There are not white sons and black sons. There mm-hmm. are sons and there are daughters. There are not Asian sons and, and Indian sons. There are sons and there are daughters in That's the it. kingdom of God. And and so for me to to um, lean one way or the other causes me to violate the kingdom of God. It is not that I don't sympathize with all that's going on out there, but for me to choose to lean on one side or the other would be a violation of God's kingdom. That's something I cannot do. Mm -hmm. So to learn where these values come from helps people to understand that's why you're making those decisions. Yes, it's these values that really set some parameters and baselines on what we do.
1: So, the next one we have is our pace. Yes. <laughs> That's important.
0: Well, we put it this way we are marathoners, not sprinters. <laughs> there, when I first got saved, man. <laughs> I was running the 100 yard dash. Trying to do everything. I thought, if I don't get this done, Jesus is coming mm-hmm. back and I'm never going to do anything for him. And I was doing everything I could, as much as I could, almost killed myself, burning myself out for Jesus. Well, then, I, you, then you start to realize that you ain't got to do all that. You know, it's a long life, I hope. Well, and you've we, been
1: at it for 25 as
0: 20, 25 pastor, uh, 30
1: as a believer. Right. And I've been in it for 20-something years as well. Mm -hmm. And I've come looking back, I'm like, God, did I make some mistakes.
0: I think I wore out a lot of other people around me, too. Yes. You know, know?
1: misdirecting them or Mm -hmm. even trying to equip them
0: with what limit. I think sometimes I was trying to make myself look better than them. Is that what it was? I think that had something to do with it sometimes. No humility.
1: But now... I realized man this this is this is a marathon. I don't mm-hmm. have to get to the 100 yard dash. This is a long journey and uh I need to stay consistent and stay faithful.
0: Absolutely. The, so we we have a little statement that we put on the end of here. We believe that the tortoise always wins. <laughs> You can be, you know, the tortoise and the hare. We all know that story. We believe the tortoise always wins. And so, you know, you don't have to just like, oh my gosh, I got saved today and i have to be perfect next week. No, you know, that's probably not going to happen next year or even to the end of your life. But we just want to be on a pace that says, just like Jesus, he walked everywhere he went. He was never in a hurry. He was never stressed. He was, but he just kept yeah. plugging along. Because here's what I've learned. I have a responsibility in my generation and when I'm gone, somebody else is going to pick up where I left off and they're going to keep going. God is not lacking for a continuity between when he got here and when he's coming mm-hmm. back and all of us play a part in that. And so it's better. Uh, I have over the course of my time being the pastor here, I've worn out enough staffs. <laughs> I can tell you that, you know, it's like, cause I will, wor- I will work yep. till I fall over. It just is my nature. But, it hasn't always been beneficial to young families and families with children i don't have have anybody at home right now other than me and terry so we're pretty open for that but especially on the younger end and the and the staff that we have that have little children and stuff it is important that Mm -hmm. they spend time with their families that they do the birthday parties that you know all that kind of stuff and and for me i could get really just blinded put the blinders on and not see that and wear out everybody around me. And I think other people can do the same thing. Yeah,
1: i can say we've done that.
0: That happens through gift yeah. protection sometimes where you um, God gifts you in a certain way. Maybe you feel really called to feed the hungry or you re- feel really called to um, to minister to orphans and widows or something like that. And you can get really mad with people that don't have that calling. And you'll think that they don't care when it's not true it's just that that's not God's gifting in their life. It's the gifting in your life. And then you'll, you'll drive, and you'll push, and you'll push. Mm-hmm. And I've done that. And I can tell you, it has never worked out good. So we rolled it back and said, you know what? We need to have a pace. And that pace is we're going to run the marathon. Yes, We're not going to try to run real fast and get everything done that we can and be coughing up a lung <laughs> at the end. We recognize
1: sometimes you need to rest.
0: <laughs> yeah. just, just take a break. And then
1: we'll keep on rolling.
0: That's it. That's what we're going to try to do. So our pace, we're marathoners, not sprinters. The tortoise always wins, yes. and we're tortoises. So how about our discipleship? That's kind of what we're doing right here tonight yes. is discipleship.
1: So in, in our discipleship, we like to focus on a transformation over education.
0: So how does that work?
1: Well, both are important. Okay, so let, let me state that first. But you can you can sit in a classroom for hours and hours and and get information mm-hmm. uh, put into you. But until you decide to start to live that out, uh, put feet to it, put hands to it, there's there's not a transformation that takes mm-hmm. place. And so we we think it's important that you uh, transition and tra- transform to the image of Christ. We'll have discipleship classes, but we have to have you engaged—not within a building or a classroom, but wherever you go, whatever yeah. workplace you're at, uh, school, wherever you go—that that helps you t- uh, transform.
0: Yeah, I think that information makes you think you're smarter than you are. <laughs> yes, because the more information you can shove in this head, you think you know something. Mm. Um, actually, having to do it, James said it this way. He said, "Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves." Right. Which means that you can fill yourself head up with so much information that you have book knowledge of doing something, but when it comes down to actually doing it, you actually have no skill or you have no ability. I have a great ability to do a lot of things, or I should say it this way: I had. Yes, <laughs> that would be a good statement. Let's put that in past tense. I had some ability to do a whole lot of things. And then sometimes I get up and I like I need to run outside real quick and I'm in my head.
1: It's not quick.
0: I'm a fast runner. <laughs> but when I when I, when my feet hit the ground, <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, that, that wait a minute. Well, I, I have <laughs> to stand up work. and my knees pop first. Oh and yeah. Then, well yeah. I'm snap crackling yeah. pop too. Yeah. So there's some things that we, we recognize that true transformation is not going to come. It's going to come partly, uh, probably none from information, but information is going to be a catalyst to that transformation. But transformation comes from actually doing mm. and working things out. So, And we also believe that that teaching is best done in an environment of infusion more than education, meaning that. Talking with one another, yes. being in a group, not just got your head stuck in a book. That's why we feel like that the small group ministry is so incredibly powerful and important. If it's something you've never considered, uh, it is so easy to think in your head that everything's okay. But when you actually have to sit across the room from somebody you've never met and make small talk or something, it's not always that easy. But the more that you do it, you find out if, if my job, one of my jobs is be an ambassador for Christ and I have a difficult time speaking to somebody who is a fellow believer in Christ mm-hmm. and in a very small environment, it would be very difficult to do it out there in the world. And so that transformation can take place as we get more and more comfortable, whether it's in a small group, whether it's at our church, it's in a discipleship class online, whatever it might be. And it usually doesn't happen. I mean, it takes about two to
1: three weeks of a group meeting that you may start to feel comfortable when you start to realize, Oh, I'm not the only one that has ever dealt with this. And sometimes I think people feel mm-hmm. like they're the only ones that are going through a situation in life when there's five people in front of you. Have we been there?
0: I was at a conference one time and there was a guy sitting next to me and he had a big old fat journal. And I asked him what that was. He said, these are my notes for this conference. I was like, well, we hadn't even got started yet. Where did you get all those notes from? And he says, well, I come to this conference every year. And he had been to this this particular conference, I think had gone on for like 10 or so years Mm. at the time I'm thinking of. And he had, from the very first to all the way through, he had a a notebook. And I was like, man, that's a lot of learning. He said, yeah. I said, you ever done anything with it? He said, what do you mean? (laughs) I said, did you ever take any of the advice and like do it? And he's like, I never thought Mm. about that. And sometimes I think we go from discipleship class to Sunday school class to worship service to those kind of things. And we just drink in the knowledge right. when we would be so much better off if, like, I, I'm telling you, number one at the top of God's uh, culture list in the kingdom of God is forgiveness. That's number one. Number one. Try forgiving somebody. That's, it, you can say God, yeah. God forgives everybody. God forgives. Uh, we're supposed to forget. Forgive somebody. And I, and if you and forgive somebody is hard to
1: forgive, right? It'll help you. It yeah, and that's I was just gonna say. I mean, there's if you're like me, I've I've struggled with that area. Sometimes I don't want to forgive my guys, like, but I want you to. Yeah. Because all you're doing is making yourself sick instead
0: of just going ahead and living out life. You are, <laughs> and and you know what's really nice is whenever you actually get to the place that you want to, mm-hmm. when you really. You'll never really forgive somebody else until you take a deep look on the inside and realize how much you need to still be forgiven. And then I think that it it really helps our hearts with a lot of compassion. I'm a human like you are. Uh, Mike is human just like you are. We get angry. Uh, We lose sight of our faith sometimes. We forget who we are. We forget Mm. whose we are. We say stuff that, God, we can't reel it back in. Sometimes I want to kick myself (laughs) in the mouth. Because it's like, oh, why did you say that? Or it just came out you didn't even mean to, and it came out wrong, and then you can't change it. Um, so you need forgiveness. Mm. If you don't, where do we go? Where do we go from there? We mess up uh, regularly. I won't say daily, but people mess up regularly. Sometimes it's not a big deal. Sometimes it is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's public. Sometimes it's the very things that God says we should not do. It's written so clearly in Scripture that you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do this. This It's a very, very big thing. It's going to affect a lot of people, and then you do it. Mm -hmm. Once it's done, you can't necessarily take it back. The only hope for a person who's done something that cannot be either redeemed or restored is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing that's available and the Church of Jesus Christ ought to be known as the biggest forgiving organization known on planet Earth.
1: Which goes back to our identity and witness. Yeah, There's absolutely. <laughs>
0: uh, I think that people are afraid that if you forgive somebody, you're justifying their sin. You know what? you got to really do that, God. God didn't tell you what to do with their stuff. He said to forgive them. Mm -hmm. And we have to learn to kind of trust God in that. And I have done a much better job. He's helped me, helped to release me in a lot of areas in my life. So I hope you'll learn some of those things. So that leads us to strategy. Strategy. What is our strategy here? Uh, This strategy is a kingdom strategy that I have expanded just a little bit. And again, we'll have to make some adjustments on (laughs) some of the stuff that we've written. But our strategy really is very simple. As we continue to focus on a kingdom mindset which is out there in the world, we want to leverage the gathered church. Now that has been mm. a challenge in the last 6 yes, months. Yes it has. Because we haven't gathered. But we want to leverage the gathered church when when we're all together. This morning it was so energizing to see all of you who were here. At the same time, it was very challenging not to get shake your hand, hug your mm-hmm. neck, you know, give you a high five or something like that, or just sit down and talk with you. And you can tell everybody's trying to get out and do everything they're supposed to, and we appreciate that. But the fellowship, the love, the friendships, the encouragement, the relationships, the breaking down of barriers, learning about new people, um, learning about how one group feels about a different group and really interacting with those, it just helps us. So we want to take and leverage the gathered church in such a manner that we empower the scattered Mm -hmm. church because the scattered church is in the kingdom. And so we have to take our time together here at the church. And if I could give you a visual, you know, verbally try to build a visual in your mind, the church of Jesus Christ, more than anything is the transformation arm of the kingdom. Uh, everything it starts coming and God funnels it through the church for transformation so that it can go out and influence and impact the world for the expansion and extension of his kingdom. So the church is a very, very powerful entity of transformation and we have to take advantage of what happens while we're gathered so that it will have impact while we're all scattered. And our impact is never, ever going to be when we're in our buildings. Mm. It'll never be there. That is where our worship takes place. This is where our fellowship takes place. This is where our fun takes place. This is where our transformation takes place. This is where our, our our engagement with each other, this is where our relationship times take place. But this is not where our impact takes place. We impact out in the world. So we want to take advantage of the gathered church to impact the scattered church, to, to empower the scattered church, to expand God's kingdom in God's world and that's what we're trying to do so when you come in here one of the reasons that i'm I'm dealing with kingdom stuff or why joe would pick certain discipleship things or elliot would lead you in a certain way in a small group or Mike and volunteerism it is because we're trying to leverage this time not just to say hey we love you and, and hang out with each other we certainly want to do that but we have a very limited period of time I mean I'm always mm. getting run off the stage not that anybody's <laughs> doing anything wrong that's me but I, I'm running myself off the stage Say, oh, I've gone too long I've gone too long but I'm trying to do everything I can while you're here and while we're gathered so that I can empower you for whenever you're not around that's that's our strategy in I a know. nutshell that's what we're trying to accomplish and that's
1: one reason we're doing the podcast so right. you can go back uh most of the time you're only going to hear the values the the uh, vision the mission if you come to get informed and get connected right. and you know we there's way more people that we can influence uh by the podcast and you being able to get access to what we believe than to come to 11 o'clock now hear me we encourage that
0: yeah please because
1: it's it's uh we need to be together we need to have fellowship but we we want you to understand who we are and how we function uh, so hopefully this is going to help you as well
0: yeah i want you to know that whenever you go down to the beach even even if you have a bathing suit on <laughs> just a reference if you weren't here for sunday morning it's a reference to yes. the service this morning that's the kingdom of god down there mm-hmm. it really is and you can have an impact on the beach wherever you, you go. really can you can have an impact on there We want to equip you so that when you're on the beach that it wouldn't be like, oh, my goodness, you know, this is not a church or something like that. It's like, no. Now, you don't have to throw the church language on people or anything like that. But there's you might just simply be helping someone carry a chair, Chair,
1: cooler, something like
0: that. Or you're like, hey, my parking space is coming open. Just hang on and you can take my parking space, something like that. Jesus said that if you give a single cup of water in the name of Jesus, then you have done great things out there and he takes note of that now i think that those are significant things that we haven't always considered well i don't teach a sunday school class or i'm not a preacher it's like y- yes you are a preacher mm-hmm. you're just preaching to a different congregation and we really want you to to embrace that
1: i don't think people recognize they uh they influence more people than we probably do absolutely by preaching because they're w- there well I-,
0: I hear about our congregation I do. I hear it. Sometimes they'll say, as people ask me who I am. I tell them, like Norsa. I know somebody who goes to Northside. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, and they'll start telling me a story about one of our members and how they are doing things beyond anything I've right. taught them. They really are. They're doing kingdom work. They are doing <laughs> kingdom work. And it is so encouraging whenever you hear that. And, and um, that's, that's whenever, like what I live for. Mm-hmm. It really is. I think that's so cool. Well, what part... Do they play? We've been talking about whenever it comes to the, we're, and we're specifically speaking to the gathered church mm-hmm. on this first part. Because when you come here, we feel like that we have a stewardship that God has given us. And that in, that stewardship produces a responsibility of things we're supposed to do. And this is what we're trying to accomplish. But then your part, we feel like that there's parts that you too have to take advantage of as part of this greater body of Christ, but also the kingdom. You are a kingdom citizen. You have citizenship in heaven. And your domain is earth. You're representing heaven on earth. That's what God asked us to do. So there's some parts that allow you to be involved with us. And uh, we'll break them down. I'll take one. Mike can take one. Okay. Uh, first of all, we want you to unite with us in Christ. Now, here's what that means. I'm not interested in uniting around Baptists. You know, mm-hmm. uh, denomination is fine. I don't have a problem with denomination, but I, I but I really wish that we could just be Christians. Christians. That we would just be the family of God. Uh, so our unity is in the person of Christ. The, the, our, our unity passage in Ephesians reminds us: there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, and we are supposed to be that that united in the person of Christ. So. You should expect and we should expect unity around the person of Christ. Now, listen to Tim. Let me tell you why it's so important. You might not find unity around anything else.
1: Mm. Yeah, because we're all different.
0: Um, football started today. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I made a decision I was going to watch football because I like football. And I'm trying to take a a, a different approach to some of the things. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. And Mike is a no, nope. is a fan of something. I I used to be a fan
1: of the Washington Redskins. Well,
0: they're the Washington football team now.
1: Yeah, and I made a decision again. It's one of those a decision three years ago when they were talking about changing their name. Mm-hmm. And I said, if they ever change their name, I will. I'm done <laughs> because I think it's personally. I just think it's ridiculous.
0: Well, so. I understand. And, you know, in the narrative, we'll let that play right where we're <laughs> But here's the thing. We're not going to find unity and on that. a football team. Because you might have stepped away from Washington, but I don't think you stepped over into the Dallas camp.
1: Never. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Duke and we'll Carolina. Holly.
0: Yeah. Holly's a Dallas fan. She's, uh, she's a I smart know girl. She,
1: but her, her daddy is a Washington football
0: team fan. But, see, we're not going to find unity around that. Right, no. We're not going to find unity necessarily around – driving a Ford or a Chevrolet or yeah. a Japanese car, American made car. We're not going to find unity around what college that we're supposed Mm-mm. to go to. We're not going to find unity around Trask, New Hanover, Hoggard, Laney. There, there's just, there's so many things that you are not going to find unity around because people are different and there's a, there's a false narrative out there. That if you're a child of God, that we're all going to agree on the same things, and that's just simply not true. Mm. We ask you to unite with us in the person of Jesus Christ. It's important.
1: And His kingdom. His kingdom. His word. That's his where we right. have <laughs> His book. Unity. Yes. But uh, everything else we want.
0: That means that you can come here and be a fan of Washington, yeah,
1: or Dallas. Oh.
0: Or you know, or, what, or Dallas. No, it's or, Dallas no.
1: or all the other stuff.
0: <laughs> we're still gonna let you come in. <laughs> still, gonna let you do that. So, Tasha, you know. go heels. Where you? Where you want him to go? Leave the state of North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> so we want you to unite with us in Christ. Secondly, we want you to worship with us in person. Mm-hmm. Hey, during this COVID thing, we have learned so much. We're on camera with you right now and we visualize you across this camera. We love you, thank you for tuning in with yes. us. We've, we've received so many incredible opportunities through the online presence, through the technologies that are out there, but nothing replaces in-person worship. We are fully aware that you can't always be here. People have work schedules, sometimes you're on vacation, you can't always be, a lot of things can come up. We totally get all that, not a problem. But listen, we unless you are providentially hindered from being able to physically come to this property, maybe you're out of town or something mm-hmm. like that, or you, you don't even live here, that's okay. We would still encourage you to find a local, physical body of Christ that you could relate to in person. I don't think that there's anything that really takes place of in-person worship. And so we ask you to join with us in worship as often as is possible. There is nothing, I think, that encourages the body more than when you walk into the building and it's full. Yep. And I'm not sure that there's something more discouraging than to We're walk just, into there, whether it's your class or something like that, and it's half empty. Yep. It's very discouraging. So your very presence is such a powerful part of who we are. We desire to have you in in-person worship.
1: And let me, let me just say there, at this particular moment, we are having only 8 a.m., Sunday morning, live service. And uh, again, you can get a ticket by going to the website and registered, but we will be moving to 11 Mm a.m. So I know some people- We will be
0: adding. Adding, yeah. Adding, Adding. keeping the eight o'clock and we'll be adding an 11 o'clock. And then
1: we'll be coming back to the 9.30. Mm -hmm. So I know some people like you say work or whatever, we understand all of oh, that. Oh, totally, so totally. Even if you don't like getting up early, we understand yeah. that. But when we do have
0: that option, we encourage all you. All I'm to saying is that whenever you have opportunity to be in in-person worship, mm-hmm. we really want you to join with us in person because I miss you mm. and I, I need your fellowship. It was awesome this morning to sit down yes. and talk <laughs> with some people. Man, I, was at, I did a wedding last did, night and I hung out for like like four hours. Mm. I think they're like, would you shut up and leave? Leave. And I told him, it's like, can we clean up? Man, I ain't been around people in so long. I just want to talk to you. So we had a great time. It was a lot of fun.
1: Not only worship uh, in person, but then unite with us in service. Yes. Uh, We, we need, uh, God, again, didn't save us just to sit here. And when we say service,
0: we're not talking about the worship service. We're talking about serving. Serving. Yeah. uh,
1: Being a part, because when God saved each and every one of us, he gave us a spiritual gift. Mm -hmm. And he, placed us, first, according to 1 Corinthians 12, he placed us in this body to serve him, his kingdom. He's the king, but all of us working together can make such a great impact. Mm-hmm. So it takes every person, and I'll, I'll continue to encourage you to sign up for one of our service teams to get involved because that's where you can make relationships, friendships, and really start to see your life transform because God never created us to be uh, independent. He created us to be dependent. Yeah. And inter, interdependent, inter, interdependent, interdependent, dependent upon him and interdependent upon each other. Absolutely. So we encourage you to, to and
0: not only for, for what's on this campus, but outside um, Asia Winstead has taken on a, a section of Hampstead up in that area. hmm and really got so much going on in, in in regard to helping to feed some kids up there and clothe them and do various things. And there's an incredible need for service. That's not at Northside, and it shouldn't be at Northside. Right. It should be up there. And man, if you're looking for a place that has a really impactful service, that she's got this thing under control, and Asia's one of those people that just has stuff like in order. Uh, so you would find that if you were serving with her, it would be a pleasurable service. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's anything more pleasurable than to serve with somebody that knows what they're doing, knows how to help others to help what they're doing. has got everything organized and in order and has a plan. That's Asia Winstead. Yeah. And so that's, that's not at Northside. That's somewhere else. And we think, let's get employed in that. Or if it's hurricane fixing up of houses or whatever it is that we're going to do, we want you to join with well, us in since
1: service. Since you brought up Asia, it might be a good jumping point because uh, at Thanksgiving, we're going to do something. Yes, we are. Uh, and Asia is going to have a meeting next Saturday uh, where last year we attempted to do Operation Turkey.
0: Yeah, we relied on them and it didn't work right. out.
1: So we've taken. We didn't up. rely on
0: Asia. We relied right. on Operation Turkey. So uh,
1: Asia has a heart for our community. And so this year at Thanksgiving, we are going to do, we can't call it Operation Turkey, but we're going we to. We haven't figured out the name yet. We're going to serve about 500 people uh, Thanksgiving dinner. And so, if you're interested in being part of that, mm-hmm. please let me know, or you can reach out to uh, Asia, and she's having a meeting next Saturday. So I just want to go ahead and give a plug for that because I'll be helping her get volunteers and people to uh, get that off the ground.
0: Okay, so. let me let me add one that I've added. Okay. So it's not on on the ears, and that is, uh, we want you to unite with us in Christ, worship with us in person, join hands with us in service. But I also want you to help expand the kingdom with us. Here's the phrase, in the sphere of your influence. That means that your expansion of the kingdom will not be on campus. It'll be wherever your sphere of influence right. is. Might be at Corning, it might be at GE, might be at the beach, might be in the Pizza Hut. I don't know where it might be in your neighborhood. Uh, wherever that sphere of influence is, we want you to have a kingdom mindset that says God wants this out there. You'll understand that so much more as I go through all these processes. But we want you to join with us and have that kingdom mindset that it's okay. And here's what I mean. Uh, Here's one of the things that, that sometimes will handcuff us as members. You can have such a great loyalty to Northside that you become disloyal to the kingdom of God. And that would be a sad thing to happen. It has happened. It has happened with me before. So another church is doing something. And it's a great work for the kingdom. And so somebody decides they want to go help out another church. It's like, well, I'm a member of Northside. I don't think that I could go do that. Mm, Of course you can. (laughs) Yes, you can. And you should because we're kingdom-minded. And there's not actually another church. There's only one. It belongs to Christ. We're all part of the body. We're in local fellowships. But we don't want you to limit everything you do just because it comes under the umbrella of Northside. We want you to operate in your sphere of influence wherever that happens to be and with whomever that happens to be happening with. And we want you to know we're good with that. We appreciate when you do that. So any, any of the churches that are around here or any might not be a church, it might be a, a local ministry. It could be, it could simply be the, um, I don't know. We, well, do. It might not even be a ministry. It might not be religious at all. It, we,
1: it, we have a lot of people who serve our community, whether it's through Red Cross like Jimmy Watson. Yeah. Uh, Ron and Susan Wade does uh, ministry at uh, different areas, whether it's a nursing home or something like that. So that's kingdom work. Yeah. <laughs> that's even whenever they were cleaning, cleaning
0: the sides of the roads, you know, you adopted part of the highway. Mm-hmm. That's not a churchy thing or, or whatever, but that's kingdom work and we want you to engage with us as we all expand the kingdom in your own particular sphere of influence and whenever you add together all that we are and all the places that we reach it's just amazing what could be with us and so we want you to do that and then finally um or not finally we want you to grow with us in groups boy it's so important to recognize the value of the small Mm -hmm. group and i know that that is not something that Northside has really ever fostered from its original beginnings it's an that's a mistake on my part i should have been much more deeply engaged in building small groups but now uh, i committed to build those small groups that's why we hired elliot medlin to focus very specifically and say i'm going to put an entire minister on small groups So that we can continue to build those things. And I know it may feel awkward because it's just not been part of our culture. And I understand that. That makes it challenging for Elliot. Mm. Uh, He came from a church that their culture was small groups. That's how they even started. And so it's a very natural thing. And as he came here, he found it was a little bit more difficult because that is not our culture. And it needs to be part of our culture. So we want you to embrace the issues Hey, of small groups. And there's, there's some of you maybe
1: watching that have been gifted to be a, a, a small group leader, facilitator. Uh, we want you to join in and yeah. help us build that culture. Absolutely. So don't, don't feel like, oh, they got plenty. We, we, no, we
0: never have plenty.
1: We, the kingdom, we're talking about expanding the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. There's never plenty. There's always expansion. Absolutely. So.
0: We want you to multiply with us by inviting <laughs> others. Invite people to church. You know, Don't beat them over the head, but in, just invite people. They, they may or may not come. It, it, it's okay if they don't, but they're never going to come unless they're invited. There's a statistic out there that basically says about 70% of the people that are in a church today are in there as a result of being invited by somebody else. In other words, when you add together a worship service, a witnessing service, a concert, a, a revival, a crusade, door-to-door witnessing, mail-outs, and all those things, every other methodology of outreach and evangelism all rolled into one equal about 30% of mm-hmm. the people that actually come to a church, all right. 70% come because they were personally invited mm-hmm. by somebody else. So we want to encourage you if you believe in what we're doing here, uh, we ask you to invite others as well. And then finally, we ask you to support us through giving the, the church is expensive it's expensive because of the numbers of people that we have to consider housing. So if we had five people, we would only need a a small shed to Mm -hmm. house all of that. But whenever you have over a thousand, like we do, we have to have a number of buildings, a number of facilities, places for our children, places for worship. And the thing is that whenever nobody's here, it still costs the same amount of money if nobody shows up. And so the expenses don't ever cease and God made provision for that through the tithe. That this is how we're supposed to make sure mm-hmm. everything works. And we ask you to continue through your support. I wanna thank you for how you have supported through this entire pandemic, because you've been incredible. Yes. Uh, in fact, you've, you've shocked us and surprised us in many ways. But uh, you know, in recent days, we've seen a slight turn downturn in some of the giving, and I recognize schools back and expenses are out and all those types of things, so that's okay but we do really, really need, and we we'll are just be honest, we, we need the support, financial support, to keep it all going, and so we ask you uh, to be willing to do those things. That's your part. Unite with us in Christ, worship with us in person, join hands with us in service, expand the kingdom of God with us in your realm of influence, grow with us in groups, multiply with us by inviting others, and support us through mm-hmm. giving, and then that's what we really need from you. So for within the context of those eight values. That's why, why we do what we do. It's why we approach things the way that we approach things, because we see that the good news of the kingdom is our message, that we are children, ambassadors, and stewards of God, living in hope so that others can see our hope, governed by the kingdom of God, equipping people within that kingdom, running a marathon, not a sprint, and focusing on a transformation through connection with people, not just an education, leveraging this time together that we have in our gathered situation to empower us in a scattered situation for God's kingdom and then inviting others to get on board with us in those arenas. It's a very simple thing uh, for me to say because, you know, we wrote it and we put it out there. We felt like it came from the word of God. But it's something that we felt like before we jumped into anything else, we wanted to make sure that you understood where we were coming from. And next, next Sunday night, Mike and I want to sit down with you and we want to take you through the vision of Northside. You see, oftentimes they'll say, we're here to help you to discover real life. Right. What does that mean? <laughs> and we want to take the time to share with you what that means. Now, if you, if, do we have any questions that well, we're answering? Well,
1: I, I haven't seen any uh, other than, we were talking about Asia, and so if you want to sign up to help her, you can go to a uh, group's meeting on our uh, website, under groups, yeah. and it's called uh, Be Transformed. So if you want to be a part of really making a difference in the community, just go there, sign up, and Asia will get, get up with you.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm just, again, I want to get a little plug for Asia because I know her. <laughs> she is an organized, mm-hmm. committed, focused young lady.
1: And, and I'm and grateful, she gets it done. I'm grateful for her. I know you are because we don't have to think about it.
0: No, we don't. We don't just let her she's so passionate. In fact, most of <laughs> the time she's pushing me in the back. Exactly. She's <laughs> you know, texting. Uh, you're going to do this. you going to. Yeah, I'll get it. Yeah. So. so that's a good thing. Well, listen, I want to say to you, thank you for tuning in with us tonight. Yes. We really appreciate it. I hope that uh, anybody who's listening to this afterwards, it'll stay out there on our podcast. And, and we hope that you've benefited from that. If you're a member of our church, we hope that it helps you to understand us a little bit better. And understand the approach and the angle that we take at things and where we're headed I think when we add that to our vision statement next week that it'll even become more and more Mm -hmm. clear and then as I try to we really feel like that we've chosen parenting first because with all this going on and our children at home and school situations where they are we felt like that maybe it would be very helpful and if you know a parent that's got some kids that could benefit from this please let them know to tune in and we'll do everything that we can to help
1: And if you got questions, you didn't send them in today, but you have questions, know that we're here to answer answer those questions at any time. Yep. We love you.
0: All right. Love you guys. Been good to see you tonight. Enjoy. Appreciate you.